this is Liren Baker, and welcome to the Kitchen Confidant Podcast. Today, I'm excited to welcome my friend Janani, the baker, recipe developer, blogger, and immensely talented food photographer of the blog Skillet to Plate. Based in Portland, Oregon, Janani's stunning photography accompanies her simple recipes, which have led to her first cookbook, The Effortless Baker, your complete step-by-step guide to decadent, show-stopping sweets and treats. The Effortless Baker blends the best of Indian and classic American desserts, making traditional Indian sweets more accessible by integrating simple baking techniques. Welcome Welcome to the the podcast, podcast, Janani. Hi, Liren. How are you? And thank you so much for the amazing and brilliant introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, you've made it amazing because you are so, so talented, and I've been looking forward to our conversation. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me here. Like, I'm super excited. Oh, yay. Well, I always start by asking, what's the first thing that you ever cooked and about how old were you? Yeah, I grew up in Chennai. So uh, my mom and grandmom, they were excellent cooks and they were known for their uh, culinary skills. So we had always had people come over. And we had get-togethers. They used to do parties, buffets, and they had this elaborate meal. Like they used to cook. Like uh, we Indians eat a lot, so it's not just a rice and a dish that comes along. So whenever you cook a meal, like for example, uh, let's say lunch, it is always like we had a dal, sambar, kutu, poria, like everything. Your plate will be like entirely filled up. So. <laughs> So that's how we cook. So I've been brought up in that kind of family where we appreciate food. So yeah, I started, I the first thing I ever cooked was a kichdi. It's a semolina pudding. Uh, so you just uh, throw in some vegetables, whatever you have at home. And you say, uh, like, you cook it along with the semolina and it's served with chutney and sambar, probably. Yeah, so I love it with coconut chutney. And that's the first thing I ever cooked. So, yeah, cooking that, it might sound very easy, but, you know, that there are little tips and tricks to make it the perfect kitchen. Also. So, yeah, that's the first thing I ever cooked. Oh, it sounds so delicious. Um, yeah. I've never had it homemade before. I think I would love to learn or try. Oh, yeah, it is like too good. It's just you have to cook up the semolina with just fry it up with some ghee and just throw in some spices and add some vegetables of your choice and simmer it up and just add some extra ghee, some love, you'll get it. (laughs) (laughs) Ghee is love. I think someone needs to make that a shirt if it isn't already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like one of the most comforting meal and easiest meal you can cook. So that's what I learned from my mom. That was the first dish she taught me. And it wasn't like uh, the first year college if I'm right yeah oh nice so um did you you attended college in India yeah Chennai yeah in India yeah I mean my bachelor's and your background is not food so maybe you could tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and what life looked like before you even started skillet to plate oh yeah so it's a funny thing I hold a master of science in computer engineering and that's that has nothing to do with what I'm currently doing today. So <laughs> that's the funniest part. I did my master's and I ended up being a food photographer, you know, recipe developer. So uh, when I moved to the States, like uh, after marriage, so that's when I started my master's. So 
that's when I started to blog as well. So just to de-stress myself on the masters and stuff. And I was really excited to see an oven in the apartment kitchen, which is not such a common thing in India. Like you never get to see an oven at all. Uh, so, so I started baking and cooking. I just started the food blog to document my recipes. Nothing serious, like not for a pa- mm-hmm. uh not like uh, like I wanted to be a food photographer or food blogger. Just to document my stuff, like instead of throwing it somewhere. Just for fun. Just for fun, exactly. Just for a hobby, fun. But there was a time where I had to make a decision, an important decision in my life. Go on the technical side or just follow your heart. And I did the later and I'm here sitting with you. So that's what happened. So, yeah. So this is full time for you now. You don't do anything with computers or engineering or anything like that. That's what I'm saying. That's the funniest part. Yeah. I hold a computers and I'm sitting as an author. <laughs> right. Well, I relate a lot to that. I mean, I think there are so many of us who have pivoted in our lives. This is not what we set out to do. I think it's very rare to find people who ever thought, oh, I want to be a blogger or I wanted to work in food is a different one. But um, certainly what we do is typically not the norm, at least for now. I'm sure it'll change as time passes. But I wanted to back up really quick because you mentioned how ovens are not common in India. So let's say you wanted to bake something what would you do? Is there a place where you can go to bake or would you just buy your cakes? We just buy our cakes, probably uh-huh. at that time. No one had an oven. Like, I mean, ovens are not a common thing in India. We used to have, we used to just buy cakes from bakeries. So that's how, we, but my uh, grandfather had one at that time. Uh-huh. So it was not a very common thing. Like when, whenever I used to go for vacation, like we used to go to Bangalore and uh, that's where they lived, my grandparents. So, uh-huh. uh, so he used to have an oven and he used to make a pound cake and that was my most favorite pound cake ever. Most favorite. He used to collect butter and he used to churn it up and he, he never even had a stand mixer or hand mixer or a whisk. He used to use this uh, something we used to mash dal with that's called matta. Like it used to be a long ladder like thing. Uh-huh. So he me do that like he used to give the batter bowl in my hand and I used to be so small sitting so that used to be my job so you get a treat when you work right so I used to you know mixing the batter but uh yeah I think he'd be really proud if yeah if you know that I'm going to be an author and my book is releasing and stuff yeah yeah I loved how you mentioned him in the opening pages of the book and um and you mentioned I believe it was a sponge cake that he made so oh yeah that was amazing yeah sponge small i mean he used to yeah that was like it, i could i could literally smell it right now as i'm talking through the memories like i could literally smell the cake it used to smell amazing and yeah well you definitely come from a very culinary family and i love that but how did the book come about how did the effortless baker come about because we have skillet to plate oh yeah and then you've got the Everless Baker. Because on Skeleton Plate, you don't just share sweets. You share savory as well. Yeah. So what made you decide you wanted to do a book all about baking? Um, a year and a half ago, like I ended up uh, with Page Street contacting me whether whether I like do a book with them. So I was like, yeah, and they wanted a book on baking. Mm-hmm. They were very specific on that. And I love baking. I love to make layer cakes, tire cakes, everything like I just love baking. And uh, yes, I said, yes, yes, I would love that. 
So, and I love to shoot deserts as well. So it was like a win-win for me. So yeah, I just wanted to take it up. So that's how Effortless Baker came in. So yeah. Wonderful. So, I mean, you are a talented photographer, so I'm so happy that you photographed your book yourself too. I honestly, there's nobody else who could have done it for you. Um, I wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to back up a little bit. Tell us how you learned your photography because you have a very distinct style. Each one, I probably make the same comment on your Instagram all the time because I will probably, the first thing is like, oh my gosh, it's a painting. It's a still life. It's very, very artistic. Like, you know, when it's a Janani photo that pops up in your feed. So how did you develop your skills and how did you develop your style? Yeah. So that's what it started with food blogging. Like when I decided, like, I'm not going on the technical side and I'm going to blog. So Mm -hmm. I I used to take ridiculous pictures. Trust me. My initial pictures were so ridiculous. Like it was so bad, so bad. So that's when I learned the dish I prepared had no connection with what I'm presenting, like in the blog, right? So I had to learn, like I learned how food photography is very important in the world of blogging or content creation or uh, telling people what the dish is all about. So yeah, I learned about camera and what you see there is a vision of mine, like the pictures you see there, how I want to present food in the way I want to. So uh, it took like, uh, like every day I used to take pictures, learn light, study light. I started with natural photography. Then now uh, currently I use just artificial lights for my photographs, for all my photographs. You see mm-hmm. on Instagram, my book, everything is just the artificial lights, the Pro Photo D2 that I use. So it's just constant practice and determination i'm a very determined person like i don't get easily satisfied to be uh, <laughs> yeah i'm very i'm a perfectionist so that's how it all develops so i want the photo how like i want the photo to be perfect i don't overstyle my dishes i never do that so i want the styling to be very simple very natural like for cakes i don't like to put on a ton of frosting i love how the naked cakes look I love how the natural cakes look like you don't have to put in ton of frosting mm-hmm. and all, you know, like decorations and stuff to make the food pop out. It's the story you tell behind it. That's what really matters. So, yeah, it, it's like five, six year journey. <laughs> no, and I think that's it shows. And honestly, I don't I don't know. I don't remember what your old stuff looked like because yeah. and I won't. <laughs> I don't, you know, I know we all went through that process of ugly photos, even though we didn't think it was ugly at the time, but then you look back and you're just horrified. But what I will say is your photography is proof to people out there who um, maybe who doubt that artificial light can look natural because you do something that I think a lot of people forget, which is embracing shadows. And I think that's so critical to achieving a realistic look when you are carving out artificial light. So it looks, it's very beautiful and it's very peaceful. And I, I love the scenes that you set. Um, how was it photographing for this book? Oh, you will find my best work out there. Trust me that like uh, Instagram, like you wouldn't have seen the pictures like that. So I put my heart and soul into it. And it has about 65 tablescapes. So everything is tablescapes and everything is unique. So something I haven't done before. 
so you can find it in the book so it's come out so beautiful and i can't wait for you all to have it oh that's so exciting you're right and you know tablescapes are definitely more challenging than maybe just a simple hero shot people yes. forget that you're not just doing like one hero that needs to like shine on the screen but there are so many accoutrements yeah that's a tricky part of the tablescape because the tablescape is almost three by four foot so you need to uh, bring in that story and make sure the hero is not overstyled as well. So you don't want to make uh, the hero look so complicated that people think, no, I don't want to try this dish because it looks complicated. It should look simple. It should look neat as well as it should look like more inviting mm -hmm. to the scene, convey a story. So that's how I, I personally approach food photography. Yeah. So I don't want to complicate stuff like a good photographer must know how to photograph uh, just a plain chiffon cake so beautifully. You don't need anything. Yeah. And I think that ties in perfectly with your style of food because, again, just like it doesn't need so much fuss, yeah. the recipes stand out on their own. You know, you can tell just by the ingredients. So how did you select the recipes for this book? I, I love the fusion that you accomplish here. Oh, yeah. That was like pretty tough. So... Uh, so the effortless baker is pra uh, like, it's a beautiful concoction of Indian, American, French. You'll find all the cuisine wrapped up. Mm -hmm. So it's like a one book. So I wanted to deliver like a book that is unique, the flavors that is unique. So I wanted to bring in like, uh, I want to make people uh, bake Indian desserts so that they can taste it and they can enjoy at home. And so, because like Indian desserts are very difficult to make. You need a ton of patience and constant. You have to keep stirring and stuff. So I just wanted to uh, make it easy for everyone because they are so delicious. So that, that was my main aim while creating the Effortless Baker. So making baking accessible for people around. So there are no stuffed up versions at all in the book. So even a teen kid can easily try out the recipes. Everything is done in the microwave and the oven. So yeah, even the pastry cream, the German chocolate cake frosting is done in the microwave. So Oh wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty simple. More than like like it's mess free as well. Like all you need is a bowl, just put it up. It it came out so like I've tested it multiple times. So I just can't wait for the book to be out and for you guys to enjoy what I've created this two years of work. Seriously. I'm like so excited. Well, I love effortless in anything. <laughs> so this is definitely up my alley. Everybody Yeah. I mean, I don't want to have to mess up every single bowl in my kitchen and have to deal with the cleanup after and and another thing is people like easily get things burnt up if it's like the pastry cream and you're doing like uh, let's take a beginner like if they're trying out the pastry cream they burn it up very easily and it goes to the trash so i just want to make that process effortless so uh, my, the main uh, aim behind this book is making difficult stuff sound effortless mm -hmm. like you can pick it up easily at home so yeah so let's talk about a specific recipe that caught my eye, the appam waffles. Am I saying appam right? Appam, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so it's it's it fuses the traditional South Indian appam and then classic American waffles. So tell us more about the traditional treat and how you fused it to this. Appam is one of my fav uh, dad's favorite recipes. So 
my dad like anything that has like jaggery and coconut in it and appam is one of those recipes so you can make it with sugar as well so uh and traditionally you need a paniyaram pan we call it uh like there's a separate kind of pan for making that i just swapped it with uh the waffle maker mm. so instead of butter i use ghee to make the traditional taste come out so that's how appam waffles like i made those and it was so good can can you explain more about jaggery and how it's different from sugar jaggery jaggery is like more uh, it has an earthy taste to it like it's a kind of brown sugar but it's not a brown sugar like that we get over here mm-hmm. I, i feel it has a distinct flavor it cannot be replaced so it is very prominent in south of india so uh we we used to make a, we make a lot of desserts using jaggery so one of my dad's favorite so you'll find all my family favorite recipes in the book like the pinwheel the kaju everything is inspired by an indian sweet like the badusha was one of the sweets that i've made mm-hmm. uh, i made donut holes out of it so that is one of my dad's favorite sweet and rasmalai for example so what i have done here in this book is instead of uh, making a cake flavored with cardamom powder or uh what to say like uh which i've made uh, i baked the sweet i've made the sweet in a baked version so you can literally taste the sweet in a baked version so that's how i've made the recipes it's very clever yeah it's very clever and you don't need to stand because it takes a lot of time to be very serious you need a ton of patience uh, making burfis and stuff but here like when you're baking it it comes out perfect and no frying needed and it's just it, it was very nice to like you no know, create recipes this way rather than yeah it's come out really good <laughs> um who were the main recipe testers i'm guessing your family enjoyed it yeah my my family my friends and yeah they used to cunt like they were testing only like one and a half years of like i used to serve them only sweets only desserts so, so they were like it like they were really sweet and their feedback was very important so <laughs> yeah they enjoyed tasting it oh that's so good so yeah. your mother and grandmother were also talented cooks so i'm curious did their desserts also reflect this same fusion style or were they more traditional in their cooking and baking or dessert making oh no they were they're very traditional very strict people like they are, they know their talent they know their work so uh they used to make all the traditional indian sweets the traditional way and what i did was take the traditional and i just made it fusion so everyone can enjoy it so in that way it's easy effortless and stress free like you can enjoy the desserts that way so uh they make it they usually make it very traditional from laddus to whatever indian sweet you take they go the traditional way they never go the fusion way So <laughs> I like how you 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 know you bring the two together and one of the things that I notice in a lot of your baking is that you bake with ghee. So what does baking with ghee and making homemade ghee bring to baked goods? Baking with ghee uh brings that uh authentic sweet flavor like we use a lot of ghee in Indian cooking and baking. So I mean Indian cooking and making the sweets and desserts we use a lot of ghee. So uh that can't be substituted with butter it won't get it won't give you that flavor the richness the ghee brings it it cannot be substituted so that's why i've like i really wanted people not to make any substitutions while using the book 
especially ghee with butter you won't get the result mm-hmm. so ghee will uh, bring down that richness you find in indian sweets so that's why uh, using ghee was very important especially for the makkan beta cake uh, you take the carrot what what whatever you take i would have used ghee so that really uh, punches down the indian flavor when it's combined with cardamom and uh, saffron it, it takes it to the next level so mm-hmm. so that's why uh, it's good to use ghee it's, it's good to make your own ghee at home it's quite easy and efficient cost effi- effective that way but uh, if you like you can get store bought ghee the one thing i wouldn't suggest using is su- there's something called ghee oil that's coming up so oh. i would oh yeah i saw it in one of the grocery stores so that i wouldn't suggest using that you're like no 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 <laughs> yeah. but other than that uh, you could always use the nanak or um, the organic valley one which you get in costco or anything yeah oh. it pretty much works better hmm Okay, good to know. So even if you don't have the time to make your own, store bought is okay. So what should our readers tackle if they're let's say a beginner baker and then what should the intermediate baker tackle? Yeah, beginner bakers like they can start with the first chapter. As they get along, they'll be able to do the entire book. Ah. So as the book progresses, it just gets a little more challenging. Well, no, no, not challenging, more steps. like i've ah, broken down the flour so for example the layer cakes that's where the little bit a challenging starts like where you have to uh, make multiple layers like i've made the macronut pistachio green nut cake and stuff so that's where the challenge starts so i would say let them start with the first chapter go through the cookies and then they will be able to do the, the other stuff for the intermediate bakers like yeah the layer cakes would absolutely be very good and the tarts probably yeah So when you said cookies my ears picked perked up. You have a recipe for Kahlua glazed ragi chocolate cookies which yeah beautiful and styled so nicely for the holidays which will be coming up soon after your book is published. Yeah. And I love how you use a stamped rolling pin and I have a few but I would love to know what are your tips for using your stamped rolling pin because I I think it can be tricky. Oh yeah yeah you just have to uh, nicely dust it with flour mm-hmm. and just roll it out when your dough is a perfect uh, like when you make the dough the perfect consistency you should be able to roll it right so it's all in the dough it's all in the dough so if you make it a little sticky or if it's not the perfect consistency i don't think so because once when i did it for a shoot photo shoot or something uh, some other recipe i just messed it up mm. i wasn't able to roll it so my thing is like it's all in the dough So when you make the perfect dough you should be able to make the cookies just flour it up and roll it. Yeah, it's interesting cuz I was testing a recipe that was too I'm guessing it was just too soft. It wasn't holding the design. Yeah. It would sort of press and then it would disappear. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the uh, when it bakes it has to just hold the design. That's that's the thing. That's the trick. Oh, okay. It's stamped. I will try your recipe. I cannot wait. Oh yeah, love it. I've added rock <laughs> and it has come out very good as well. <laughs> What are your other favorites in the book? Ah, oh, I love the mm, rasmalai trislechis cake. Yeah, mm. that's one of my favorite. Oh, yeah, that's that that's one of my favorite because like it's like it'll be like eating rasmalai, like how you get rasmalai is like I've added ricotta cheese in it. Like you'll find ton of recipes online for rasmalai trislechis. but this one is special because it has ricotta cheese which resembles paneer 
so really tastes like rasmala and that that's one of uh, my friends favorite like they love it they loved it that's so exciting i cannot wait to try that one too i saw the photo and it definitely caught my eye yeah. well janani what's next for you you've written this book i hope you get some rest but do you have anything else exciting going on uh-huh yeah just waiting for my book release <laughs> yeah i just want to see the book hold the book and yeah and i can't wait for you guys to have it i am excited i cannot wait to bake from it there's so many flavors that i am just so excited to try i mean there you have another tart here that's gorgeous um there's just too much but yeah so congratulations janani thank you so much lerin <laughs> so before i let you go i have some quick closing questions that i ask everybody um what's something that you make when you're too tired to cook and you need an emergency go-to meal emergency go-to meal um maybe uh, that's true <laughs> because i love to cook so i don't do any emergency curry but uh, i do love my one pot chicken curry that sounds good is that on the blog ah uh, not yet yeah. not yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's funny I ask a lot of people this question and most people's emergency meal is not on the blog. <laughs> I'm like you should put it on the blog. It's not on the blog. Not on the blog, yeah. That sounds so good. Yeah, so I, What's the one recipe that you treasure the most? I treasure the most uh from the book you're asking like oh. from life in general. Life in general one recipe I treasure the most. Um Oh I've tried a lot of recipes like a lot of indian stuffs and yeah uh, yeah the one recipe i could say is gulab jamun i've tried it for like 25 times to get it right and you finally got it <laughs> i got it because it was tricky uh, getting it right so that was one recipe which i never give up mm. I, yeah i tried the most <laughs> i'll have to try your version one day i love the texture oh yeah that's perfect of so much of that dessert it's so good yeah <laughs> Do you eat yours cold or warm? Uh I like mine cold. Okay. Yeah, I was somewhere some recently and I had it warm and I I was like, "Oh, I like it warm too." I don't know which one I like better. Yeah. I mean, you can have it either way. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um are you a messy cook or a neat cook? Very neat cook. Oh. Very neat cook. You can find always always my space like it be so neat as I'm cooking, I clean it up so very neat cook. <laughs> wow, very good. What's a good kitchen tip that you can share? Um kitchen tip. Okay. Uh, can I give a cooking tip? Oh yeah. Mhm. Uh, be patient, enjoy cooking and take your time to cook. Don't be in a hurry. <laughs> you need to enjoy it. I know. A lot of people we're always rushing, right? We just need to slow down. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just slow down, chill. <laughs> coffee and just enjoy cooking. It's it's so therapeutic. So yes. enjoy it. I agree. Every week I try to share five little things with my audience. Uh something that made me smile. Is there anything that made you smile or anything good that you experienced this week? The rains in Oregon. Oh. I just love the rain. Yeah, it started raining so that made me smile. So I love rain. So. Well, you're in the perfect place for the rain then. That's good. <laughs> the climate makes me happy so yeah. Oh good. Well, Janani, I had so much fun chatting with you. I can't wait for your book to come out. Where can everyone find you and your book? 
Yeah, you can find me at Skillet to Plate and my book where, anywhere where, where the books are sold. So I'll be very grateful. Like if you guys place a pre-order and the book is beautiful, I promise, <laughs> with a lot of tips and tricks, it's going to make your life easy. Yeah, yeah I, I cannot wait. I've just, I've been pouring through the preview. I can't wait to see the rest. And I can attest it is absolutely gorgeous. So I cannot wait. I cannot wait either. <laughs> Good luck, Janani, with the release. And thank you again for spending time with me today. Thank you so much, Lauren. And thank you so much for having me over here. Like, it's really nice to talk to someone and have your feedback on the book and stuff. So thank you so much. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Janani is so sweet and so is her book. She has truly created a piece of art with each recipe she has baked and photographed for The Effortless Baker. And I hope you check it out. The flavors are just beautiful and elegant, just like her work. Thank you for joining us on this episode and to Janani for joining us today. If you enjoy the show, please take a moment to rate it and share it with a friend and join us again next time. Until then, happy baking. Happy baking.